from Los Angeles, California. This is the Writer's Strike Chronicles, and I'm Tanya Barnes. Hello, everybody. Today is Friday, February 15th, 2008. In today's episode, we'll continue our series of recordings made earlier this week when the membership of the Writers Guild of America voted to lift the restraining order and end the strike during the ratification process of the proposed contract. Today's guests are Michael Perry, who was a guest on our show a few weeks back, and Michael's friend, Remy Abishan. But before we begin, I just want to follow up with my issue with the TV Decoder blog from the New York Times. It looks like my follow-up comment was approved with my current link intact. However, so far there has been no formal reply to my question as to what the TV Decoder or New York Times comment policies are. And unfortunately, I don't expect there to be a response, which totally saddens me. The whole point about a newspaper blog, in my humble opinion, is that there's supposed to be a public conversation of news and information. I mean, a newspaper blog is supposed to be about the discussion of news with the people who are covering it. And that's the main distinction of me between a blog and a newspaper. A longtime acquaintance of mine, Jenny Jardin of BoingBoing.net, put it so well when she said, It's important that newspapers not launch blogs for the sake of launching blogs. There had to be a purpose other than to have the ability to tell the world you have a blog. What's the point of interacting with your audience? Is the point to leave snippy comments on the blogs of your critics? Or is the point of interacting to provide bits and pieces and nuances of information that traditional news reporting doesn't lend itself to? Yeah, I'm with you on that, Jenny. Anyway, my two cents, your mileage may vary. Let's move on with today's episode. We'll begin with Michael Perry. Remember, these recordings were taken last Tuesday when the membership of the Writers Guild of America voted on lifting the restraining order to end the strike. The vote for the ratification or rejection of the contract will take place in a few weeks. Here we go with Michael Perry. Then I'll jump in. Michael Perry. How did you feel about Saturday night? Did you get? Did you attend that at the Shrine? Saturday night was great. I attended. It was all business. People had a lot of stuff to go over. The writers wanted to hear the details of the deal. Everybody had been waiting for a week. L- rumors had leaked out, but everybody wanted to hear the specific details of their area of endeavor. The variety writers wanted to hear the variety details. Drama, movies, everybody had little things that they did. And people wanted to hear what the new media thing is. And what came out of the whole thing is this is a contract for a world in transition. This whole strike happened because of uncertainty on both sides, because of uncertainty on our side and uncertainty on the AMPTP side. Nobody knows what the new world is going to look like as TV and movies migrate from media that you can handle, DVDs, VHS, prints of films, into the internet and into forms that we haven't anticipated, what's that world going to look like? Is our real rival Google? I mean, are we and the AMPTP secretly on the same team? We're trying to figure out how can we come up with terms that will let us all do very well and compete against the other kind of companies. And I think that not only did we have a good deal, we have a deal in which we can work with the AMPTP and we have labor peace. These people are our partners. These people are not 
the enemies. This isn't like a steel mill strike. The AMPTP are all people that we know, people whose kids go to the same preschools, people who live in the same neighborhoods. And I think we've worked out a fair deal that both sides like. We can get back to work, make enough stories, and that's our end of it, and getting top dollar for them, and that's their end of it. And both have a little piece of each other's world. But I, I think that we've made a contract that's flexible enough to satisfy both sides as this new world comes. In three years, in six years, we don't know, yeah. I mean, I think DVDs are going to be amusing drink coasters. And everything's going to be on your hard drive and over a wire. And just how do we manage that world? And we're all taking a, a leap of faith. Both the AMPTP and we are saying this is something we think can work and has enough flexibility that as things change, we'll both do okay. And I want them all to get fabulously rich. And I want all of us to get fabulously wealthy as well. And I think that this is a, a good deal for all of us to compete against the real competitors who are all up in Silicon Valley. Competitors? You think the Silicon Valley is our competitor? I think Google is going to be a skid mark in the road once Hollywood figures out how to get our content onto the internet. I mean, right now you have the YouTube, which is essentially America's funniest home videos. You know, kids, it's the 99 cent video store. It is. It's kids putting beans up their nose. We can kick that's ass. We, the writers, and the AMPTP can create attractive entertainment that makes people come back again and again and again. And I think that the whole world is going to transition. And I think we're positioned as the pie grows bigger and bigger. And people aren't just looking at the 99 cent video store, but looking at their favorite movies and their favorite television shows on the internet. I really do think that Hollywood, television, movies, studios are going to transition into a form where it's going to be unrecognizable in about 10 years. And I really do think that Google's going to be a distant memory and all those Silicon Valley companies that are so huge and threatening now once we figure out they have no content, we have all the things that people want to look at. And once we figure out how AMPTP and the writers can move forward together doing that stuff, they're toast. And this is a deal that will allow us to get back to work, get back to making great shows. I want to comment on YouTube for a minute. Future Labs did a study on behalf of Nokia that said by 2012, 25% of the viewing audience on the internet would be, 25% uh, of content and viewers on the internet would be user generated. So, what's your take on that? Isn't I it mean, there's, there's going to be a slice of the pie that's going to be amateur like me. Well, isn't 100% of the internet right now user generated? I mean, it's a great democratic medium and you can, you can have that 25%, maybe 25 million people of whom the very best, like you, will get hits and people coming to see things. But what we can do is, you know, each of those 25,000 things gets a little audience. We can make the thing that gets a huge audience. Okay. Well, it's a very interesting take that you think Google and Microsoft, Yahoo, if that goes through, is adversarial. I'll be interested to see how that develops. So is it fair to say that you voted yes to end the strike? I voted yes twice. Ah. I, uh, okay. I have a proxy from my friend Brad Vanderberg, okay. who lives okay. in Seattle. And he said, will you vote my proxy? And I was honored. Okay. And then my final question is, you know, I have a final question. For uh, future generations, 20 years from now, when another disruptive technology fucks with the way we do business and create content and art on the internet, any advice to your brothers and sisters on the line when they go up to strike? The people who are going to be on the line 20 years from now 
I, I want you to take very good care of me in my dotage. <laughs> Anything else as we wrap this up? It was a tough three months, but it was the right thing to do. And I think that the uncertainty has, we've all acknowledged that there's some uncertainty as we move forward. And it was a way that we, a thing that we had to do, not a thing that anybody wanted to do. And now having done it, I think that we're ahead for having done so. Thank you so much for your time. Sure, happy, happily. All right, I'll you. That was Michael Perry in front of the Writers Guild Theater. Coming up is Remy Abishan. Let's listen. So my name's Remy Abishan. My uh, blog is viewfromtheline.com. I'm a showrunner and uh, and I just did it for a way to process the whole strike and I really just intended for it to be a personal blog, but a lot of people, including Michael over here, has you know, participated in it, and it's been really fun. Can you explain to me what you just said off tape about when Nikki Fink uh, mentioned you? Well, that was the interesting thing. I really just set it up, as I said, for, for therapy, to be honest. But Nikki Fink quoted my second or third day blog. It was really just to do an experience about on the line. The minute that happened, I got back the next day. I had a 1,000 hits, and I've continued to have... A fair group of people check in, maybe 20, 30, sometimes 50 hits a day. People all around the country, I think, who are just trying to find out what's going on with us. How many people do you think are writers? I would guess that the majority of people are writers, but I know that there have several been, been several comments of fans who, uh, I know one person was writing a lot from Vancouver, commenting from Vancouver, saying, thanks for letting us know what's going on. We feel so isolated from the strike. And I think personal blogs of all the writers and everyone that's been blogging has been a really important part. You know, we're fighting for, or we were fighting, I guess, we were fighting for what we think is going to be, uh, we want a piece of the pie of a very important and vital and powerful media, which is the internet. And I know my own personal experience is that the internet is really powerful. What do you mean by personal experience? Just by your blog or just from your blo- youth? Just by the, my blog. And and also, I myself, uh, you know, checked in on many different blogs to see how pe- other people were feeling. Uh, certainly Nikki Fink was an important news source for, I mean, all of us. United Hollywood did an amazing job. Your blog did a great job. I mean, it, just being able to know that we're a community, I think, is what the internet does best. And when it comes to an entertainment medium, I think we'll find that that's what the internet does best also. It connects a lot of different people who normally wouldn't be connected. It's not just broadcasting a show on television. It's providing voices, providing choices. But then it also requires that you connect with your fans and your audience. That's right, yeah. And the other thing, too, is I made a choice that my blog was I'm not I wasn't going to duplicate anybody else's blog I just wanted to tell my personal experience and those around me about what it's like to walk up and down a little patch of street every day and what the feeling is and the tone is in the line and in that sense that's what's great is people can check into my blog and say oh that's the emotional response they can check into Nikki's blog and say oh okay that's the news they can check into United Hollywood or John August's or any of the other blogs and say oh okay that's kind of the inside scoop of what's happening so I think it provides a big picture 
and you can do that within the space of 15 minutes. Tell me about the mood. Tell me about your process. What did you discover? Well, two things. The one thing that you notice when you're on a show, and I've been doing this for a while, is that Care to mention your show, please? Uh, well, actually, Michael and I just started work on a new show called Persons Unknown for Fox Television. And uh, prior to that, I was on Wildfire, ran Wildfire, prior to that, Summerland. But what happens is, it's really busy work, and it takes a lot of out of your day. So you tend to be really close with the people that you work with, and then you always claim you're going to stay in touch, but then you go on to the next show and you lose touch. What was wonderful about the strike from a social point of view was that we got we got to see people that we hadn't seen in a long time and really catch up and really talk about it and I think that the reason that we stood really tall and strong for this time actually was the experience of being on the line. We could talk to each other, talk about our fears, you know, are we going to be able to make it through this, talk about what we're up to, what our ideas are. And after a while, you know, you, you, you kind of reached this thing where you kept shifting where you'd be walking with someone, you'd talk a story, and then you'd see someone else, you'd say, I'm just going to talk to them for a while, and you'd move over. It was really powerful. It really gave you a sense of community, especially the showrunner gatherings, where what I realized in the first showrunning gathering is that there are people that are now running shows, all of us, that all started out as staff members together. So when I go and and so that's been kind of an interesting thing it's to see. Kind of tribal, familiar. It is tribal, and and certainly from a legacy point of view, you start to see. Oh, okay, that's what it is. You know, we all we're now all. We started out. I started in 1990, and the '88 strike was fresh in all of my bosses' minds. And now all of a sudden, most of us, many of them have retired. Most of us have come up to run shows, and we have that connection. And I think. I think that really helped spur a lot of what was going on here. Can we just talk about today? Will you please tell me how you voted? Well, yeah, no, I voted to end the strike. Okay. I thought about it a lot. Uh, I'm by no means satisfied with the contract. I, I would be, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody that actually is. There are many things to work out, but I think our leadership has actually done a terrific job and it's been really hard and I watched them up on the dais on Saturday and they were completely 100% fried. I think they worked really, really hard to get us the best deal that we could get and I think we got that. I want a better deal. I won't be satisfied in three years if we can't get a better deal than this, but I think we will have more ammunition then because I think the internet will tell us more. The new media will reveal itself better in three years. So 20 years from now when your brothers and sisters in the guild walk a line for some disruptive technology that has yet to be understood or named for fighting for their rights, you know, to create content and, and art on the in, on, on some mysterious technology. What is like your... snorting a television show? <laughs> I, I can't possibly think. Well, I don't know if I could have conceived the Internet uh, 30, if they could have conceived the Internet 40 years ago, but yeah. What's your advice to your brothers and sisters of the future when they have to go walk the line? Fight for your rights. One of the things I've said a lot on my blog is that, yes, there are specific issues that we've been fighting for, but I also think we're fighting for collective bargaining as well, which is something that I believe has been purposely eroded in the country. I think that union power is important. A couple of things that I shared on my blog, my father was a character actor. I remember in, 19, in the 1960 strike, we had to sell our house because of the strike. But I remember my dad specifically saying, you know what, 
we're doing this because we have to stand tall and believe in what we believe in. So I hope that my daughter's generation, if she should be so crazy to become a writer, is to realize that if you truly believe in something, you have to stand up for your convictions. You can't be passive about something like this. You have to do it. And I think that's what this last three months, really hard three months, has really shown, I will hope, show the next generation. Okay, my final question as we wrap this up, what, wait, what is the more powerful invention? For a democracy and for artists and writers, legacy notwithstanding, technology stand alone, what is the more powerful invention, the internet or the printing press? Uh, well, I think it's, hard, it's a hard answer. <laughs> um, is the internet an extension of the printing press? Is the printing press an extension of the pen? You know, it's... Uh, I think ideas... And the, and the dissemination of ideas is what is really keeps us alive. It certainly is what got this country going. For better or for worse, you know, we were probably one of the first countries in back way back then that actually kept publishing stuff about how much we hated the government. <laughs> and Thomas Paine. That's right, Thomas Paine, and the list goes on. And I think that overall, the internet provides that same forum that the printing press provided 200 years ago. So what you're saying, it's of its time? It's, I think it's definitely of its time. And as I said, who knows what's next? You know, uh, I watch, I mean, I grew up early with television. I grew up before there was a global world that we suddenly had at our fingertips. My daughter takes that world for granted. She's ten and a half years old. She takes it for granted. What will her children take for granted? I have no idea. Well, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for your time. It was great. Good luck, and uh, start watching television now, everybody. It's really important. So can people go switch to Hulu? Because I have nine invitations to give away for Hulu. Uh, definitely go to Hulu. Okay. Definitely go to Hulu. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you so much for your time. You have been listening to the Rider Strike Chronicle podcast, available for free through iTunes. For more information, visit us at www.strikechronicles.com. To contact us, please call 310-439-8754 or send us an email at info at strikechronicles.com.